we said things about you while you were gone. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. You'll have to listen to the blooper reel now. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> Get ready to go to Creep Town. Population, your co-workers. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Right Stuff Anime Podcast, a bi-weekly podcast where we go over some of the newest news in the anime and manga industry. My name is Thomas Breckenridge. I am the merchandising manager here at Right Stuff and joining me today is... Quinn, who is a merchandising coordinator. Hi, I'm Chris. I'm also a merchandising coordinator. Hi, I'm Will and I'm a social media guy. It's been a while since we've done this. We've been kind of busy getting ready for a big sale that some of you might already know is coming. We'll touch on that a little bit at the end of the podcast, but uh, let's just go over some stuff that's kind of been in the news lately. We have a lot of news that's kind of been big that we haven't had a chance to touch on. I think one of the biggest ones has to be the announcement that they're actually going to go through and make a live-action Akira movie. Mm-hmm. Um, this has been something that I've, Leonardo DiCaprio is trying to do. Uh, try to do. Um, Many times it's been talked about that scripts were ready, everything's fallen through, they couldn't get the funding, but it actually seems like it's going to be a thing this time. Uh, the director attached to it is Taika Waititi, who most people might know as the director of Thor Ragnarok, which really blew some life back into that franchise. Those mm-hmm. first two Thor oh, movies yeah. weren't all that great, Oof. and uh, <laughs> he kind of added a good comedic side to that and really rejuvenated that whole property. What do you guys think about uh, the idea of a live-action Akira movie? Well, I'm personally, I'm super excited. Like uh, In anticipation of Thor Ragnarok, uh, I watched um, What We Do in the Shadows. That's now a TV series on FX, which I also highly suggest. But that movie is just clever, and, and I mean, it's a comedy, and Akira probably not going to have that many comedic beats, <laughs> mm-hmm. but the way it's done is just very creative. There's a lot of awesome visual stuff that he integrates in there, some clever ideas with editing, and it's just, he's a very smart filmmaker, and I'm really excited to see what he does with such a high-level concept as Akira, because there's some big stuff going on there. And I'm anxious to see how he translates that to live action on the big screen. I know nothing about the masses stuff. Sorry. Uh, okay. <laughs> Have you seen the original Akira? So long ago, I only remember the clips that I've seen since then. I think what's cool about, like, potentially for this adaption is that, you know, the first movie, it only covered, like, it, the manga wasn't even done mm-hmm. when, they were fil- when they were actually animating the movie. So mm-hmm. I think now that we have, like, all, like, what like eight volumes now of of the entire series? Mm-hmm. Like, hopefully, hopefully they'll be able to do, like do more stuff or give like a more logical ending. <laughs> I guess um, logic in anime. What? Yeah. Well, I feel like even then, like the story's so big, it would need to be a multi part series. Yeah. and probably play it safe. Maybe just to go as far as the original movie did, just to sort of set things up, and then go from there. Because if you just try and cram all of that. You're going to get, like, a rambling four- to six-hour mess. and mm-hmm. I mean, Battle Angel Lita, they were able to put, like, a few oh, so good. a few volumes worse in just, like, two, two, two-and-a-half hours. I think it's plausible. Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing, uh, Battle Angel Lita kind of gave hope to all those who were hoping that somebody could actually make a live-action anime movie good. And, I mean, James Cameron did that uh, property justice. But I think that might because he was such a big fan of that. I mean, he'd been trying to make that movie for so long. Um, he wasn't even able to direct it, but you could see his hand throughout the whole thing. Um, I guess the biggest question is, 
Taika Waititi, is he a big fan of Akira? Like, is he pretty knowledgeable on the subject? I think that has a lot to do with that. Um, he's also mentioned that one of the things people were worried about is whitewashing, which we've we've seen with issues before. The Dragon Ball movie is a pretty amazing example <laughs> of that. Um, but he says that won't be an issue with this one. So um, I I just hope he takes it in a different way than the original animated movie. I I think sometimes we get too stuck on the idea that um, we hold a certain thing to a certain level. And, you know, the animated movie can only be the animated movie. Like, this thing has to be its own property, be its own thing, go over its own ideas. So, um, yeah, I, I, I have good hope in it. So, we'll, we'll see. I'm just glad it's actually finally going to get made. Um, another thing that's kind of been going on is they officially, to no one's surprise, announced that My Hero Academia Season 4 is coming out in October. Um, <laughs> that cash cow is getting another season. Who would have thought it? Um, has everybody caught up on the most recent seasons on Attack or on uh, My Hero Academia? Mm-hmm. I am. I'm a little behind. Yeah. Little behind. I am super far behind. <laughs> My backlog is amazingly thick. Right? <laughs> so many shows to watch. Welcome to fandom. I mean, I'm looking forward to the, the more action sequences and all the great storytelling that's going on. I'm hoping there's uh, a little more focus on some of the classmates that Midoriya is with. I think that'd be cool to kind of check them out some more, get a little more fleshed out. Mm-hmm. And I don't know anybody's names, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like there's too many of them. Yeah, I always enjoy, like, I, I, actually, I still haven't seen much of the show yet, but I'm still always, like, impressed by how the writer is able to constantly come up with these creative creative characters like the manga the mm-hmm. manga uh, quirk the manga quirk character and like the invisible girl like mm-hmm. it's fun to see that he's he's able to be like creative with his, with his stuff so yeah and it's really cool to see just a different take because I mean it's a Japanese take on classic American superhero stuff and to see them still finding creative space to sort of make different ideas and it's like isn't it isn't just, oh, this one's Superman, this one's Batman, and here's Spider-Man over here. Mm-hmm. To see them come up with their own unique skill sets and things like that, I think that's a really awesome, interesting exploration of that concept. Yeah, and even if they're like your cliche superpower, it still feels fresh because they use them in unique ways that mm-hmm. it's like, oh, didn't think about doing it like that before. I'm pumped about that one. Yeah, this uh, the season that's coming up is going to be pretty good. It really goes into the big three. Which oh, all, yeah, all three of them are pretty interesting characters. Uh, uh, deals with the, the mafia, so the, the ideas of the mafia mm-hmm. in this world, and it's a pretty good story arc. Um, I think people will really be excited about it. So I, I'm guessing it's probably another two core, uh, eleven or twelve episodes each, um, two mm-hmm. seasons. So that seems to be kind of the growing rate for the show. So no. we'll be back to My Hero Academia in October. Mm-hmm. So. Like, I started to watch the first few episodes of My Hero and then got sidetracked by other stuff. My roommate just powered through it when I wasn't watching. Mm-hmm. So I'll just come in every now and then from, like, my bedroom playing video games or something. He'll be, like, watching an episode from, like, season three. And I'm like, okay, I've got no clue what's going on. But it's they're still doing training things in a stadium. Yeah. Well, the stadium fight between Midoriya and Todoroki is still one of my favorites. Like, that mm-hmm. is so well animated. They They, like, brought in a special 
animator director just for that scene, right? Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, he's well known for something else that I don't remember because nice. I don't remember names. <laughs> I'm like, I totally forgot about the the three, the big three that they introduced. I'm like, you got like five minutes of screen time at the end. Why would I remember that was the thing? I don't know. You guys watching Attack on Titan right now? No, I'm not. Uh-huh. They uh, there was a, a scene that they did in the most recent episode where Levi takes on the Beast Titan, and uh, <clears throat> one animator did all the primary. Uh, animation for that it took him two months and it's probably one of the most unbelievable scenes I've ever seen nice. animated in my life it is absolutely insane I do want to go back and watch Attack on Titan but it's like there was such a gap between first and second season I was like I'm just gonna wait till it's all done and then binge it I don't know it's a little bit of a bummer for my taste mm. like I like when we were selling a mayhem I would often refer to it as the Japanese answer to the walking dead and you kind of get that vibe of, like, everybody's going to get killed or something. That would be Game of Thrones. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got a tad bit more enthused about it. Like, it didn't grab me until they ate the mom in the first episode. I was like, whoa, <laughs> they just bit her, like, right in half on screen. It was no, oh, you're going to go bite her and you cut away to the kid. No, it was, like, it just full like... on. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh god, now I'm suddenly remembered of a kid that used to play Magic when I was running Magic tournaments at Mayhem. His name was Quinn. He was just this funny, smart, precocious kid. He would talk about how he'd just sit at home and watch A Thousand Ways to Die back when that was a show. And one time, he was just like, hey Chris, I got one question for you. Don't worry, it's not associated to anything. What's your neck size? (laughs) (laughs) And I was just like, oh my god, you're 12. What is going on? I need to fit the noose so it's snug but not too tight. Yup. <laughs> it's an accessory. It's like, jeez. He'd try and do our midnight pre-releases, which would go until like 7 or 8 in the morning. And then just sort of like, he'd like have like little Debbie oatmeal cream pies in his backpack. And he'll pound down like 3 or 4 of those. And then at about 3 or 4 o'clock, he'd just be in the back room of the game room just passed out with his phone sitting in front of him. <laughs> He's like watching... Dragon Ball Online or something like that and just goes to sleep. Uh, what has everyone been watching and reading lately, Quinn? Well, I binged through all five available volumes of Case Study of Vanitas, or Vanitas. I'm not really sure how to say the character's name, so I'm going to say Vanitas. Apologies if I'm wrong. Um, this is the same author who did Pandora Hearts, and it is literally just quite awesome. Every single time I put one book down, I'm like, must read more. This is great. <laughs> um, it's got some vampire lore in it but it's unique to its world some steampunk mixed in uh like undergoings with the church it's just it's great and some of the characters are unexpected and Vanitas is like this enigma and his personality is the same way like you can't peg down if he's supposed to be crazy if he's supposed to be really overly serious and only acts crazy to throw people off or if he's just that serious it's like what the heck and then the main character, well, they're both main characters, but um, Noe is the other one, and he is a vampire, and if he drinks someone's blood, he can see their past. So that's really interesting dynamics going on. They introduced a, a church member named Roland who was completely against vampires, but he met them, so now he's cool with it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what the heck? <laughs> so it's... The art is gorgeous. The airships are gorgeous. It's every single time. I want more. There's only five volumes. I need more. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Go read it. Vampires and airships. That's that's an interesting couple. Yeah. And steampunk. It's great. And oh, then the, the vampires themselves, 
if their true names are stolen, they like go ballistically crazy insane and just want to kill everyone because the draw for blood is really um, important. But in this world, it's like it's like uh, wanting to smoke a cigarette or something. You can say, no, I don't need one. And so they don't <laughs> need to drink blood to survive. So that's a little bit different of a take, too. Huh. Yeah, it's it's really good. Interesting. Really good. And the artwork is so pretty. Cool. Cool. Anything else you've been reading or watching? You do? I, 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 I could go on for hours. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, when I heard the Sound Euphonia movie was coming out, I decided I would finally sit down and watch the watch the show. So I, I've gotten through the first season and uh, I've enjoyed it quite a bit. I used to be in concert band back in high school and college, mm-hmm. so seeing like an anime about that was like super interesting to see because in the because the anime characters go way hardcore than, <laughs> than like than than my concert band ever did. Oh. <laughs> is it more about the band itself and not so much the girls? Because it looks like one of the girl group shows. I've never seen. So yeah, I don't know. yeah. It, it it focuses on like it focuses on like the main character Kumiko who plays the euphonium, mm. but like there's a whole like cast of characters that they also focus on to try and make it more of an ensemble <laughs> ensemble uh, <laughs> ensemble uh, show. But yeah, yeah, but it mostly focuses on Kumiko. Oh, okay. So yeah, I mean, it's by Kyoto Anima- Animation, so you know it's going to look pretty and sound pretty. So that's about par for the course. Um, yeah, I'm excited to see the second season. It's been really well directed so far, and the art, of course, is gorgeous. So mm. hopefully, I can finish it in time for the movie. Hopefully. Yeah, I know that Tony Cam has been releasing a lot of the uh, Blu-rays, but some of them are out of print now, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. but luckily it's still available streaming. But I'm one of those physical fire files that always live in the fear that everything I like will disappear one day. Ditto. So that's, <laughs> that's why I buy everything I love. With yep. all the iTunes stuff going on right now, there's a bit of panic going on. They're like, "Oh God, we got 15 years of music mm-hmm. sitting online, and it better not go away." Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Well, Chris, what have you been watching or eating? So right now, I've been watching Darling in the Franks, mainly oh. because I, I, I really loved a lot of Studio Trigger's other stuff. I loved Kill a Kill. I really enjoyed Gridman. And so I've been giving this show a try, and it is out there. They are, they are really going for some interesting things, to put it nicely, and... Like, the instant, like, like, episode two or three, when they're, like, trying to pilot one of the Franks... And the girl pilot just gets out on all fours and control grips pop out of her hips. I was just like, oh god, this is going to be one of those shows, isn't it? Yeah, it's very suggestive. <laughs> yeah, it's some symbolism that I don't know if I agree with. And it just, it's been real strange so far. I'm only about halfway through. And I mean, there's part of it that I really enjoy, some interesting storytelling and stuff like that. And part of them just like, oh, all right. My advice to you is to quit. <laughs> it is not that bad. We, we disagree on this. No, I don't I, think it's near as bad. I Studio Trigger did the animation for this. It was written by a different studio. Um, I did not like some of the content in it. I felt that 
it was very much going with the idea of a man and a woman should be together and the only way things work correctly is if it is a man and a woman and it has some underlying anti-gay sentiment that I really did not care for at all. Then, yeah, I may not like the end of this show then. Oh, yeah, and then the ending of the show is... one. Now, you you really have a, a beef with that one character, though. It's just the one girl that you had the big, big beef about. The one that just, like, is alone and sacrifices herself. I forgot her name. Uh, yeah, it's been... I've yeah. Tried Spoilers. To, I've tried to clear yeah. that out of my head because... There's lots of girls. They all died now. <laughs> I'm kidding. Well, I'm great. To... I guess I don't need to watch the rest then. <laughs> I, I'm misdirecting. I know, name. I Misdirect, know. misdirect, but yeah. yeah. Well, it's one of those things that when you accidentally... You get stuck in a place where there's a big accident... And you accidentally catch part of what happens during the accident, and you want to see how the accident ends. That's basically what this show was for me. So I watched it all the way through, and yeah, it was. I mean, there, it sells really well. People love Zero too. Um, mm-hmm. I see how the figures have been selling here. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm glad that people like it. I, I, I am like, like what you like. I'm all about that. It just. Wasn't my thing, and there were yeah. just things about it that really kind of bothered well, me. Well, that's foreboding. <laughs> <laughs> now you will go home and finish it, right? <laughs> and be like, okay, this is a waste of my time. Go or, check it out, or you'll or, love it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Either or. Yeah. Either or. Okay. <laughs> Problematic. Duly yeah. noted. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I've been watching is mostly just uh, what's kind of been going on this season. Uh, I'm constantly caught up on Attack on Titan, which. I think probably is the best show this season, hands down. Like, I, I've been going back and reading the chapters that it's adapting right now, and the watching them be animated and the quality that they're being animated just is a whole different feeling than when I read it. Like, when I read it, there's a couple big, big moments that happen this season with uh, certain characters and events that take place with uh, the Titans and stuff like that, that kind of... They... they they're okay on paper, but when you see them being animated and brought to life, it is insane. There's a scene where Levi confronts the Beast Titan in this season. Uh, it's absolutely incredible, the the way they animate it and how it looks. I was completely blown away, and I think I replayed that scene like three or four times mm-hmm. because it was so good. Um, yeah, that show just knows how to build uh, great tension, and it knows how to give people what they want, which is a spectacle. Um, it, it is like a big, giant, goofy uh, Hollywood summer blockbuster. Um, and it does it right. Like, there's other anime that try to do this and don't do it very well. Deccan Titan does a great job. And uh, last week, they finally got to the basement. It took them 56 episodes. Um, <laughs> but they got to the basement, and now we're going to start learning some of the history of how everything got to where it is today. So... The show still great. Uh, Demon Slayer still really really oh, good. Yeah. Gets Demon better uh, every episode almost. Uh, that and the, the manga too. It's good. I, like I said, I think it's we're slowly reaching the conclusion uh, in the manga um, as well. So I, it's going to be a shonen series that doesn't overstay its welcome, which mm-hmm. is always great because it is hard to invest in a series like One Piece when it's ninety some volumes and a thousand some episodes <laughs> which is yeah. 880, 888 episodes mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it's like my roommate has recently decided to start watching Bleach again and like he got to episode 16 or so and there were plot lines that's like when I first tried watching it way back 15 years ago it was mm-hmm. like 
man, this is really late in the run. And now it's like, oh, he's like 10% done. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, with like Demon Slayer, I was just finally happy. We've been seeing the guy in the orange kimono this whole time. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, finally, they're going to introduce him further. Have you read it, the manga? I have not, but I'm looking forward to... I'm I'm just watching the anime right now. He, uh, I have to think of his name because it's been a long time since I watched Inuyasha. But he reminds me a lot uh, of Moroku. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, I, and got that. I got that. I got that in the opening. And another cool aspect is his ability to fight. Like everybody has like mm-hmm. something like uh, the main <clears throat> character's got water. He uses lightning. But the way that he is able to access his power is very comical. Um, and I don't know if they get to the next episode or it'll probably be two episodes from yeah. now. Um, and then they'll also be introducing the, like, I would say, like, the third kind of main character. That the guy with the board kind of, Yeah. The yeah. creates the ensemble of, it, of them. How many episodes do we have now? 12, 13? And I'm like, they've been in the opening the whole time. Yeah. Come on. Don't they'll probably show up with, like, episode are. 13 and be like, there he is. And then new Finally, opening. Finally, new opening. I had, yeah. to, I had to wait until episode 12 for Nanachi to show up and made an abyss. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, who is that rabbit girl? Where has she come from? Wait until, like, the very last episode to find out. I know, right? <laughs> all right, so that's kind of what we've all been watching. Um, now we're going to play a little game, uh, something a little bit different. Uh, we're calling it Massacre Dub Theater. Uh, this is where we pick a famous dub scene from an anime and act it out in the podcast. In some cases, we will change the names so it's not a complete giveaway. Um, sometimes we, the roles we play may not be the same gender that we are, just to kind of throw people off. Um, and basically, uh, we'll have you guys, uh, write into us at rspodcast at rightstuff.com. That's rspodcast at rightstuff.com. And give us a guess at what anime we are slaughtering uh, with our dub interpretation. So, this is the first one ever. I hope you guys enjoy it. Let us know if it's, uh, something you like, you don't like, and... You can continue doing it every week. Uh, write in the answer. You'll be entered in a chance to win a free Right Stuff t-shirt so you can show everybody how cool you are with the Right Stuff t-shirt. And uh, $25 gift card. So t-shirt, $25 gift card for guessing what dub we are massacring. So, and so you'll have uh, reason to say that you listen the whole way through. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the least we can do if we're torturing you like this. Yeah. <laughs> so Will and I will be the ones acting out the scene. It's a two-part scene, and if somebody wants to give us an action, we will begin. And action! Where are you going? Why are you going? You told me once to forget the past because it doesn't matter. But you're the one that's still tied to the past, Sammy. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Okay. Look at my eyes, Felicia. One of them is a fake because I lost in an accident. Since then, I've been seeing the past in one eye and the present in the other. So I thought I could only see patches of reality. Never the whole picture. Don't tell me things like that. You never told me anything about yourself. So don't tell me now. I felt like I was watching a dream I would never wake up from. (laughs) Before I knew it, the dream was all over. And scene. (laughs) 
Okay, so I don't know how that character turned into Batman. Yeah, but uh, that like character to, turned into Batman. I feel like I need to confess that 25 years ago I stole stole five dollars from my cousin so I could buy a video game magazine to you. So uh, I'm sorry. Please don't take me to jail. So that was truly a massacre. <laughs> wow. So if you guys know what anime dub we just massacred, please write in your answer to Write Stuff Podcast at. Or RS Podcast. <laughs> yeah, no wonder I'm mixing it up. RS Podcast at RightStuff.com. That's RS Podcast at RightStuff.com. And you'll be entered in a chance to win a free t-shirt of your size and a $25 gift card. To be fair, I feel quite honored that my whatever I was saying sounded like Batman. <laughs> Yeah. Well, everybody has that Griffith voice if they need it. <laughs> Where is she? Where to me? <laughs> uh, so this week we decided to kind of do something a little different as well. And uh, with streaming the way it is, especially Netflix, uh, the community for anime fans keeps growing and growing. Uh, people are finding anime on Netflix. Sometimes they're not even knowing exactly what it is. They're being introduced to, you know, Naruto, Bleach, stuff like that. Things that they didn't ever know before, and now they're kind of into it. So I've been seeing a lot on, like, the message boards and stuff like that. Like, hey, I'm just getting into anime. Um, We go to a lot of conventions, too, and we get asked, you know, just getting into anime. Uh, What kind of series do you recommend? Uh, Manga, anime, stuff like that. Anime movies, you know. It's always easy to recommend the Miyazakis because those are easy. But there's a lot of other good ones. So this week... On the podcast, I uh, had everybody come with a couple ideas of if you're just getting into anime or you have a friend that just said, hey, I just saw this on Netflix, what should I watch next? We got some recommendations for you. So, Quinn, do you want to start us off with one of your recommendations? Sure. Just one? I got more. We can do each do one and we can kind of go around for a little bit. Okay. So, the one that I would recommend, just because it's one of my favorites and I think it has appeal to a lot of people... It's a little older, but uh, the first three seasons of Slayers, so Slayers, Slayers Next, and Slayers Try, those would be my recommendations because you've got your high fantasy, you've got comedy, you've got some drama, you've got the monsters that come out and try and attack them, you've got Lena Inverse who likes to blow things up. (laughs) It's great. And I just love the character dynamics. The um, sub and dub are both wonderful and they're well done. Anybody would love them. And then, like, Crispin Freeman played Zelgatis, and he is still attached to that character. And when they did the fourth season redo, well, not redo, but, like, they made a whole new fourth season about ten years later, he insisted on coming back to do Zelgatis again. And it's just near and dear to my heart. I love that thing, and I would highly recommend it, especially to people who love the fantasy uh, realm, the high magic, wizards, sorceresses, that kind of thing. It's great. It's The comedic elements are great. And Zelos saying, it's a secret, all the time is great. <laughs> Gets annoying, but it's great. <laughs> so that would be my first recommendation to anybody who's new to anime. All right, well, what do you got for a recommendation for us? Ooh, well, as always, the first thing I would next ask the person is, what are you into? Because, I mean, you could always... You could always recommend them action action shows like Attack on Titan or stuff, but like if you're into more like slice of life or dramas, like I would probably recommend uh, Barakamon. It's not as nearly like emotional or like high concept as like Haibani Renmai, which would also be another one, but it's like it's it's not going to make necessarily make you cry like <laughs> like like Renmai would. It's much more chill. 
you get a nice look and you get a nice look into Japanese culture with calligraphy without mm-hmm. being without being overblown. All the characters are absolutely charming, and it just it's one of those shows that'll make you warm inside no matter what. Mm-hmm. And if you're ever interested in how on earth you're supposed to write children, you should you should watch Barakamon because there's the kids in that show, and by God, they're some of the best children characters I've ever seen. And they're very realistic. Uh huh. Very realistic. With yes. Never, never like out. Never like an- annoying, unless they're doing it on purpose. Yes. Yes. <laughs> they're they're children that you you love, but I'm happy to pass back off to their parents. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Chris, what do you have for a recommendation? All right. Well, first one, I, I kind of wanted to take this word because I feel like everybody always like, when, what you should watch? Everybody's like, you should watch Cowboy Bebop. And I wanted to go with something that was sort of similar in that vein, but a little bit different. And so I went with Trigun. Trigun is mm-hmm. one of the first shows that my friends and I had powered through when I got into anime in the early 2000s. And it's just because it's a cool genre mashup because it presents itself when you first settle in as almost like an old school western because it's mm-hmm. desert area, gunslingers wandering around, but then you hear stuff about like the six billion double dollar bounty and you see this guy that's like 20 feet tall that's getting ready to take on Vash and then you see the giant power plants scattered across the planet and you realize, oh, something strange is going on here. And it does some really interesting stuff with the concept and I also like how the mood shifts throughout the show. Because when it starts out, it's a very broad comedy. It's a lot of fun. I still say one of my favorite anime episodes of all time is the one where Vash accidentally wanders into the standoff. Oh, that's great. Because it's just tension, but in the most ridiculous way, and it ends in the silliest way possible. But then halfway through the show, things take a very serious turn, and it gets gritty and dark and really interesting. But not in a way to make you think, like, this isn't what was advertised. I'm upset with what's going on here. It's a great payoff and just a solid show from start to finish. And it shows you what interesting things you can do with different concepts. And don't forget about his addiction to donuts. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All the donuts. (laughs) Wolfwood is probably one of my favorite characters of all time. He's such a good character. As much as people love Vash, I was always a Wolfwood Mm -hmm. uh, fan. Um... Yeah, and, I mean it's been around forever, uh, but spoiler warning: he his death scene in that is ridiculously <laughs> emotional. Mm-hmm. I was devastated the first time I saw it. So. I I was wondering what the heck just happened, so yeah. it lost its impact on me. <laughs> you got shell shocked a little. Yeah, yeah, I was like, well, wait, who? What? For a show that's so much comedy, and you finally have something devastating like that that's so permanent, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. it's pretty hard and. His other series is actually one of my top favorite series, top ten series of all time, which is Blood Blockade Battlefront. Oh, uh, that is such an amazing series. He literally, as much as you think he gets to go all out in Trigun, he goes all out in Blood Blockade Battlefront. And the soundtrack to the show is outstanding. Dark Horse, please start reprinting those volumes. They're very hard to get. <laughs> yes. It is such a great series. I recommend it to everyone. So... So my uh, recommendation is, so most people who get into anime are usually fans of some sort of animation. Um, usually the biggest one that I saw people kind of transfer uh, into anime was through Avatar The Last Airbender. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a really popular show, um, still popular, <clears throat> people are still discovering it today. And it kind of leads them into anime. So uh, the series I recommend is Moribito. Mm-hmm. Um, this series is gigantically epic. 
Um, it just every episode you're introduced to new characters, new parts of the world, um, and you just really get connected with the characters in it. Uh, the idea behind it is uh, a drought is coming. Uh, and they believe that it's caused by a water demon. So they're waiting for the water demon to show itself so they can kill it and prevent the drought from happening. Well, what ends up happening is the king and queen of the kingdom, the prince that is born to them, the water demon goes inside of him. So basically they're left with the dilemma, do we kill our own child um, to prevent a drought that would kill thousands or do we save him? Well. The father decides that the best course of action is to kill his own son. Mm -hmm. um, mother, not so much. Uh, the queen doesn't agree with that. She uh, finds a mercenary named Balsa, and she basically entrusts her to protect the prince. And they go off on this giant epic adventure together. And it, it constantly deals with the ideas that there is a demon growing inside this this kid, and he's nothing wrong with him. He's a good kid. But, like, everybody wants to kill him so they can prevent this drought from happening. And the story grows from there. Balsa and the prince become very close. Um, it just reminds me of the sprawling epic that was Avatar. And I think it is a great recommendation. I'm not sure if it's still streaming. I hope it is. I know uh, uh, Viz had been releasing it on Blu-ray, mm -hmm. so I really recommend you pick it up. Yeah, so. I think we still have um, some some collection, shape or form, on the site mm -hmm. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it, it has some overtones of sort of the stranger to me too, mm -hmm. just by the dynamics. Yeah, and not to mention the animation is outstanding. Yes, it is very lush, very nice. So, Marty Vito, uh, Quinn, what is your next one? So I like to recommend this one because I want to show people that just because you think you don't have an interest in something that the anime touches upon doesn't mean that you're not going to enjoy the show. So I would recommend Haikyuu, which is the volleyball show. And I know for a lot of fandom, we're, we're all a bunch of indoor people. We don't do sports. We don't, we don't care, right? But, okay, some of us don't. Whatever, guys. The one person in the room. Crickets, crickets. Okay, maybe, maybe not. Yeah, Michigan State and Iowa State both repping on the wardrobe of the hosts here in the room. <laughs> Remember when I said I don't do massive stuff? This is this sports is another part volume. of it. Yeah, sports totally volume. Woo! <laughs> anyway, sidetrack. Uh, <laughs> so, if you're like me and not these people, <laughs> you, you may like IQ. <laughs> and and the reason that I like this so much is because you get drawn into caring about whether they win or lose their matches because you care about the characters. Um, I think a lot of sports shows have a tendency to put the sport in front of the character development. And Haikyuu does it the exact opposite, where it's all about the team, it's all about the guys, and they really focus on building their own skills. Nobody is overpowered with some, you know, super, super skill that they've developed. Um, like, Kageyama is about probably the best example of that, but it's still realistically done. He's just really good at what he does for being a setter. Um, and it's just... I enjoy it so much because you get pulled into those matches and you just plow through those episodes because it's just, oh my gosh, I got to find out what happens next. And the teams that they go up against, some of them they become really good friends with, others they are the ideal um, antagonists. So it really has a huge dynamic and it's got a huge cast of characters. So you're going to like somebody somewhere. And um, Nishinoya's uh, Rolling Thunder is awesome. So I would highly recommend Haikyuu. 
Cool. Will, what's your next one? Um, let's see. Well, if you're looking for something a little bleaker but still good, I would recommend Girls' Last Tour mm-hmm. as well. Uh, it's about these two young women who have somehow survived an apocalyptic event. And so they get into this small, like, tank tank uh, motorcycle, and basically they just drive around a city that's been ravaged by whatever. Uh, but we get to learn more about the world through it and, like, probably how the apocalypse was caused, which is, which is really good world-building on the series part. What really draws me in is the excellent direction. Like... The way that they're able to frame shots and just pace out this more like episodic, episodic series is very well done, and they're always touching on like some philosophical topic, uh, whether it's whether it's about religion or the self or putting one's life ahead of others, uh, and it's all featuring mostly just these two girls just talking to each other like the whole time, and it, it's very good and. I would definitely recommend anybody to watch it. Cool. So it's Girls Last Tour. Chris, what's your next one? All right, I'm going to change a little bit up from my previous statement, or from my previous show, and uh, go with something a little bit a little easier. And uh, one of my favorite ones of all time, Azumanga Daio. Um, it's a quintessential slice-of-life series where it's just about five girls in high school just getting by. And it's just day-to-day life struggles with homework strange things that happen on their way home there's one girl that's obsessed with petting a cat that just demands to bite it every time it sees her um and just it's interesting because it's one of those things where if you've never watched it and you probably like somebody that has not watched a lot of anime probably just thinks of the stereotypes that they hear from other people that don't really know it's like oh it's violent oh it's overtly sexual oh it's just guys screaming the whole time and this is the antithesis to that it's just girls going through like high school festivals and getting ready for tests and enjoying time off by going to visit a temple or something like that and it's just so warm and fun and weird at some points Chio's dad's one of my favorite characters of all time and just, it, I've never seen anybody who's watched that show and did not like it. Like, the most hardened guys, the most angry, dark people are just like, oh, those girls are so adorable and fun. It just, it's something that will always put a smile on my face whenever I watch it. On that note, I'll also mention K-On!, which is about a band, which is about an, uh, girls trying to form a band in high school. They never play a single note or instrument, it seems like, but it's a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so my next one, uh, kind of talking on Netflix, I, one of the ones I kind of stumbled on there that a lot of people have seen is July and April, uh, mm-hmm. which was a really, really good Very series good. that included music. So I went with my, in anticipation to finally watch Curl on Tuesday when it comes to Netflix, I went with his previous show about music, uh, Kids on the Slope, uh, Sinichiro yes. Watanabe's yes. series. Yes. Uh, about a young uh, guy named Karu who uh, comes to a new school. He moves around quite a bit, so he never tries to make any connections until he meets Sintaru, uh, who is a guy that is kind of your usual, like, uh, gets in trouble, gets kicked out of school a lot, uh, 
uh, anarchist style guy who is really into jazz and Karu is into classical uh, especially piano and these two form an unlikely friendship and kind of meld both of their talents together to make some absolutely incredible music mm-hmm. the scenes in this series where they get together and they start playing are just outstanding um i just their friendship is really really good too the way it forms you know it has the typical idea of oh there's a girl that comes between them kind of thing so <laughs> your usual high school drama is in there but their friendship and uh how they become so connected through music is just really really great the last episode of the series um the two main characters kind of drift off a little and then eventually meet up and the way that they come back together Mm -hmm. is not through an embrace it's not through words it's through music and i just thought that was one of the best endings to a series i've ever seen uh sinishiro watanabe i mean guy did cowboy bebop samurai shampoo uh great series but like give me stuff where he just has music at the forefront um and his characters come through there i'm super excited Mm -hmm. for carol tuesday um, like I said, if you like music and you are looking for something related to anime with that, try Kids on the Slope. Mm-hmm. It has the feels. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> All right. Does anybody have anybody any other shows they want to quickly just throw out? Um, I know we were trying to kind of go with different stuff, but uh, the typical My Hero Academia, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, is in there just for, we have so many Marvel and DC fans with all the movies. What better way to introduce somebody who loves superheroes than My Hero mm-hmm. Academia? Yep. One Punch Man, another one where superheroes, but more of a satire, funny kind of way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What else we got, guys? Oh, so many, so many choices. You can never <laughs> go wrong with Full Metal Alchemist. Oh, that'd you know, be true. Yeah, yeah. Either mm-hmm. the original or Brotherhood. Probably mm-hmm. Brotherhood, just because it's the most like complete, complete mm-hmm. adaptation. Yeah. And I always like to throw in just like one really screwy random one, and but my friend group knows me too, so they'd be like, "Oh yeah, yeah, you would like this." So um, take caution with this one. But I'd throw out Suritama. Um, the whole show involves aliens, fishing, and trying to save the world. Mm. It's and really a duck. good. And a duck. Yeah. <laughs> named <laughs> named uh, tapioca. Yeah, nice. Um, that was yeah. a good series. Yeah. It's really good. Yep. And one I'll say, I, like the the Darling and the Franks thing may have been a cue. I'm a clue. I'm a big Mecha fan, and so I'm a huge Gundam guy. And one thing I'll say is like the Universal Universal Century is big and daunting, so don't charge right into that. I say take the side door, like I did. Start with Gundam Wing. It takes a lot of the tropes mm-hmm. of the Gundam series, but puts them in one nice little space all by themselves. And it's pretty much how I became a fan. I grew up in the era of Toonami on Cartoon Network during the day. And just a lot of those series got me hooked. But I remember like a spring break where I didn't have anything going on, hanging out at a friend's dorm, watching Gundam Wing all afternoon, just being like, this is the coolest show. (laughs) And so it's just always been one of my favorites. And I feel like if if you want to try and get into Gundam, that's a great first step. Gundam Wing... Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I like it. I was just about to make a joke about to be completely transparent, we work at Right Stuff, which also releases all of Sunrise. We happen so, to just sell a beautiful box yes, set of that series. Yeah. There are not very many left, so. Have you, you heard Have you heard this hidden gem called Mobile Fighter G Gundam? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this hand of mine burns with an awesome power. <laughs> so, yeah, if you, if you needed some ideas for friends, or if you yourself are just getting into anime, those are some great ideas i know we have offer a lot of them on the site to pick up and a lot of them are streaming so please kind of 
check some of those out. So we're just going to end the show with kind of some stuff that's going on. We've got Anime Expo coming up in a couple of weeks. Uh, we don't have a booth there, unfortunately. We live here in Iowa. You know, L.A. is pretty far away to pack up and bring everything there. Yeah. Uh, Jake and I will be there walking around the floor quite a bit. So yeah. if you see two guys in Right Stuff shirts, stop <laughs> us and say hi. We always love to talk to fans. Um, we'll also be having a panel. Um, it'll be Saturday at 10 a.m. Jake and I will be there. We've got some pretty awesome announcements. There's mm-hmm. one that I am unbelievably excited for, and mm-hmm. I can't wait to announce mm-hmm. to all of you. So please make sure you come and check us out at our uh, panel as well. Um, we are also getting ready to gear up for our 32nd birthday. Woo-hoo. So we're going to have lots of items every week for you guys to check out at great prices so make sure you're checking every week in july to see what new stuff we are adding uh every stuff all the stuff we're adding every week does go up after the first week so if you see something that first week that second week that's just getting coming out make sure you pick it up right away before the price increases on that yeah get some tissues out your wallets are gonna cry yeah (laughs) (laughs) i know i stopped by the warehouse today and we are starting to ship out the sailor moon stars uh ellie set with that comes with the gwp coin as well um it is insane to me that that show has never been released here in america and it only took what like 20 <laughs> a long 30? time yeah, yeah it, long it time. took a long time for it to finally come out over here but um i know just based on how many we're shipping out i can tell that people have been clamoring for this for a very very long time New sales that we'll have going on, uh, our Father's Day sale will be happening this weekend as well. And just to kind of preface, it is going to be coming out 6-14, June 14th, that that sale is going to start. And then for those of you who are checking out our podcast, we'll let you know on the 16th, our weekly special is going to feature Disco Tech. Um, They are kind of suffering from some setbacks on moving warehouses right now. But don't worry, we can still offer you great prices on their items, and when we get those in, we will ship them right out to you. Right. So please don't worry that it is out of stock right now. Discotech <laughs> yeah. titles are out of stock everywhere right now, and <laughs> trust me, they're trying to get it fixed as fast as possible because they want to get those titles into your hands. I know they had a couple delays with Sonic X and the 12 Kingdoms. 12 Kingdoms I am super excited for. Oh, yeah. I need a new replacement for my Game of Thrones. Uh, So I need some new big sprawling epic, and I think that's going to probably be it. I think it's about time to revisit that title. It's so good, even though it doesn't look good. But yeah, those will be the sales going on. Uh, And then after Expo, we do have Anime Iowa happening as well here in Des Moines, Iowa. We will have a booth there. We will have panels there. We will have our uh, industry panel. We will have a trivia panel that I will be hosting. Um, I use Kahoot. So if you come and join us for that here in Des Moines, Iowa, uh, all you need is a cell phone. You can play along, win gift cards, win titles, prizes, a whole bunch of stuff, and uh, just have a lot of fun. Uh, My trivia uh, is a mixture of things from guessing the openings and closings to anime themes to just regular trivia. Maybe there's a little bit of right stuff trivia in there too as well. So come join us for that. Come see us at Anime Iowa at our booth or at our panels. We love to see the fans. Well, I think that's it for this week. Uh, We'll be joining you guys here in another two weeks. We'll be getting some stuff packed up for uh, Anime Expo and really start sweating because the birthday sale is going to start. Yeah, last minute put together. Throw it together, make it go! We're putting in some hard work for all you folks out there, so uh, 
get excited. Yep, and start saving that money because I <laughs> already am saving mine. <laughs> yeah. So that's it from us here at the Right Stuff Anime Podcast. I hope you guys have a great day. Bye. Bye now. Bye. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of Right Stuff Anime. We'd love to hear from you. Send us your questions or comments to rspodcast at rightstuff.com and we might just answer them in a future episode. That's rspodcast at rightstuff.com. <laughs>